Listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode six, and this week's double feature, we've got The Others and Marrowbone. It is Ghost Fam time, and these movies were picked by Travis. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. And also here, my other co-host, Paris. How's it going? hey So, uh... We're going to be doing uh, some spooky ghost movies for this double feature. Um, any uh, any preamble? Anything we need to address? Any housekeeping? Or, or are you guys just ready to fucking talk about ghosts? What do you guys think? I think we need to change the, the subtitle or whatever from Ghost Fam to This House is Haunted. <laughs> this House is Haunted? Mm-hmm. Is that a, a reference to something? No. It's a song, right? No? Uh maybe. It's uh there's an Alexis on Fire song. Uh yeah, that's say this city what is I haunted. thought. <laughs> oh no. Maybe that's what this city is haunted. Yeah, no, it's a different thing. It just uh that came to me when I was watching these two movies. This seems house like is haunted. Seems better, more fitting. All right. Well, I'll I'll put it in the show notes as the official subtitle of (laughs) of the double feature i don't know man the notes on my phone say ghost fam so i think that's the most official i don't know just doesn't have a ring to it (laughs) (laughs) this house is haunted sounds cool it sounds like a song title so sounds like a metalcore album yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was about to start singing and i was like no All right. Well, let's let's just fucking get into it then. We're not we didn't come here to fuck around, it sounds like. I like the energy. Let's do it. Um we're going to start with The Others. This is a 2001 film by Alejandro Amenabar, written and directed by him. Uh plot synopsis reads, a woman who lives in her darkened old family house with her two photosensitive children becomes convinced that the home is haunted. Uh, real quick sidebar. Have you guys seen any of, uh, Alejandro Amena Bears, uh, other, other films? Are you familiar? I'm pretty sure so. I've seen The Sea Inside because I was on a huge Javier Bardem kick after No Country for Old Men. Pretty much tried to see everything he was in. But I may be getting that mixed up with another Javier Bardem foreign movie. <laughs> That's the one where he plays the the co- the quadriplegic who wants to uh, uh, kill himself. The like, sea inside. Yeah. Well, technically, the official title is El Mar Adentro because mm. it's Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's a Spanish. I think I have seen that one, <laughs> and I. <laughs> it's really um open your eyes or uh, abre los ojos is uh f- 
fucking amazing. That's that's the movie that Vanilla Sky is based on, or like a remake of, U.S. Oh, remake. I still yeah. need to watch that. You guys might have seen uh, Tom Cruise was executive producer on the others. Yes, and this was their um, final professional relationship before they were separated. Mm. So there's two and connections Goodman, with Tom divorced. Cruise. Married and divorced. Oh, shit. Interesting. Well, anyway, I just want to throw it out there because I think he is uh, a very underrated filmmaker. And I haven't seen any of his uh, more recent stuff. Like, he did a movie with Ethan Hawke that I haven't seen. Like, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? And he yeah, also did a movie with Rachel Weiss. What the, what the fuck? You know? I don't know what's wrong with me. but Those are your two people. Oh, Oscar Isaac is in that movie, too. He did a movie called... Oh, and it's set in Egypt? What the fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. That, right. That movie. <laughs> All right. It's, it's called Agora. made up. I need to see it. It's got Rachel Weisz. It's basically The Mummy, but serious. It's This is huge, guys. Big, tan, <laughs> big time tangent here, but goddamn. Anyway... That's him. He's a, he's a good he's a good dude. Solid dude. This is his uh, sophomore feature film. Uh, this was a second watch for me. Uh, Travis, you had seen it before, right? I had seen it a long time ago, but don't really remember anything about it. Not even the twist. <laughs> Not even the twist. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you at least remember? But I am your daughter. Yeah, that was in all uh, the trailers when it came out. With yeah, like a big deal. sure. Yeah, I mean, Nicole Kidman was the only uh, through line. <laughs> <laughs> that was so. I saw this movie for the first time not that long ago, maybe like three or four years ago, and that was the only scene that I was familiar with because, like Paris said, it was in all the trailers. Um, and Paris, first time watch for you, yeah. Sorry, no. Um, like Travis, I had seen this once a long time ago, around the time it came out. But unlike Travis, I did remember the twist and then remembered literally zero other things about it. So the whole movie, <laughs> I was like, hmm. Like, I knew it was going to happen, but I was like, what's going on now? Right. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, who wants to go first on this one? Let Travis go first. I mean, I can go first if neither of you guys want to. How are you feeling, Travis? Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead and kick it off. (laughs) All right. So the others, uh, the first time I watched this, I rated it a four and a half. And I'll say it went down a little bit on a rewatch. It's not really scary. I remember it being scarier the first time. So maybe it was just because I knew what to expect this time around, but there's some frightening scenes and there's some good tension, but not as scary as I remember. Um, what I do really like is the story and like the uh, the story, um, you know, like like the world building touches early on where she's we established pretty early on the door stuff where you can't leave a door. Anytime you open a door, you can't leave it closed behind you. Like that added an interesting dynamic that I thought provided some, some cool tension and it doesn't really pay off until maybe like the last third of the movie. 
but that detail was established very early on. You know what I mean? So like, I liked that aspect of it. I liked the mystery. There's lots of twists and turns in the story and kind of revelations and you're never really quite clear of what exactly is happening until maybe the last, I don't know, like five minutes or so I would say is kind of when the, the big twist happens. Um, but it's super well acted. I think Nicole Kidman is great in it. Um, the kids are, kids are all right. about as good as kids that age can be, right? Like <laughs> they're not, there are some extended, are some extended scenes. With scenes. I just heard my voice Whoa. big time. Did you hear that too? Yeah. I wonder if Paris like unplugged something. I did it. I did oh, it. you did it? Yeah, I stopped. I was like, what in the fuck? I realized um, what I was doing. I'm trying to make myself louder because I'm always so quiet. I, I shouldn't be doing this while we're recording. Oh, well, you're fine. Yeah, quit fidgeting. Well, I'll, I'll just boost everybody. Although that'll just make me and Travis louder too. But Yeah, you guys are too loud. <laughs> Maybe you guys could just be quieter. God. Yeah. Um, Where was I? Oh, yeah. So th- those story touches, right? Like the... Uh, the performances in the film are, are, are pretty solid. Um, I liked the uh, the weird, like, how, like the help. Like, you're always kind of like, eh, what's going on? And then you find out that they had previously worked there. And you're like, oh, interesting. That makes sense. And then, you know, obviously the story develops about that towards the end. But um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was solid. Um, not super scary, but... Uh, an interesting ghost film, if not um, the most effective scary movie, I guess. Yeah, I would pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I think I've said it before, maybe every time we do one of these, but the ghost genre just really isn't my thing. I don't, I don't really find ghosts all that scary. And I didn't really find this movie in particular that scary. Um, and there always just seems to be like some sort of twist or revelation at the end that kind of recontextualizes the whole movie. And it's just never that like shocking to me when it happens. Maybe it's because I've seen a bunch of movies before that I'm kind of primed for that kind of stuff. But um yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit on all the the highlights. Nicole Kidman is pretty great. Um, I liked the the look of it and like the setting. That was kind of spooky in itself. Yeah, it, and just like, um, you know, like the the lighting and all that. Um, I thought was well done, but it, yeah, it just wasn't that scary, and it didn't really keep me that invested. Like by the time we got around to the twist, I just that it didn't really care. But I did like this more on a rewatch than from memory. Maybe I just wasn't in the right mood when I watched it the first time, but I remember it being like painfully slow the first time I watched it, which it still kind of is slow, but mm-hmm. I was able to, uh, it was able to keep my attention. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say. Uh, real quick before Paris goes, I, I watched this with Haley and she found it to be just painfully dull. Like she was so bored. And like I, I get that. It's not uh, the, the pacing of it is very 
deliberate and it's it's very uh like classical in its construction both like visually and just the you know the sets like it's a uh, very much of it of a time um but yeah i mean there's not uh not a ton of jump scare like edgier seat type moments so she she had a hard time sticking with it which i get but um i was i was on board do i think it's a little boring yeah uh, especially on the second watch i definitely was kind of losing interest a, a little bit because it's like you know there are kind of long stretches where there's not a whole lot happening but um i still i still you know, it, it kept me engaged, um, even if it wasn't a uh, edge of your seat thriller by any means. Yeah, um, maybe time hasn't been kind to it, or maybe we've just seen a bunch of movies that are similar to it and have kind of outgrown it to a degree. But I remember this being a horror movie that people raved about after it came out. Like well, it, it has. Was. I mean, it was a it was a hit when it first came out. People were all about it. I mean, Matt and I mentioned the part in the trailer earlier, like even having not watched the movie, most people I know like knew that part and were freaked out by it. Like, I feel like it didn't, it's not like it didn't age well as far as like anything other than maybe the actual scariness of it. Yeah, I don't, I I think maybe this is one of those movies where the, specific scenes either stick with you or they don't because there are definitely movies where like maybe your perception of them in your memory are kind of skewed by one memorable scene you know what I mean like that's fair yeah there's that scene and then the other scene I, I really like is uh uh the junk room with uh, all the oh, like God. antique furniture with the sheets as, on it. As soon as she walked in there, I immediately was like, oh, fuck. I fuck remember this. this scene. <laughs> I remember this scene. And like, I'm not going to lie. I did get spooked. There were a couple things, especially in the beginning that I like, I, I yelped a little bit when it would happen. Like I would, I definitely got spooked. It just... I don't know. Yeah, I think you guys are right. Just it lost some of the... I think also knowing the twist, it lost some of its, like, scariness. Because I was like, oh, yeah, they're dead. They, they're they the ghosts. Like, they're living in this house. Like, they ghosts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? It just... I feel like that... You thinking that they're the family and they're the ones being haunted is much scarier than them being ghosts and then there's creepy noises and they're sort of being haunted by the people who are alive that's not that's not so scary yeah yeah i mean i can see that like maybe maybe it loses some of its potency uh knowing that like watching the movie knowing that they're the dead ones i i can see that i had kind of forgotten that honestly like (laughs) really i was surprised again at the end, I was like, oh, shit, right. They're I'm dead. Bummed. I'm bummed. I wish, like, it sounds like you guys both kind of did, and I'm bummed. I wish I had as well, because it, it did lose some of its... I I enjoyed it, but I think it lost a little bit of of its magic of that for me, because I was a little bit, like, more going through trying to think, oh, like, 
because I didn't remember anything else. So I was like, oh, like they do a little foreshadowing here and a little bit here and a little, you know, it was more like paying attention for that stuff. Yeah. And I wonder, because thinking back on it, I mean, there there's some stuff that doesn't necessarily make a, a whole lot of sense. Like the moving from room to room thing, like... I don't know. Just logistically, there's there are things that so, don't quite add up with that premise of them all I, being ghosts, you know? I wanted to ask you guys about this. What? Because clearly they're on a different plane or something. Like a purgatory state or something? Yeah. Right, or something, right? That, but that sometimes, like, clashes with or interacts with the the living world so do you think it is like is it purgatory is it just this is the afterlife is it just another plane of existence like what that was the only thing where i was like what what are we what are we doing here what's going on i mean i think that's kind of what ultimately makes the movie interesting because it's i think it's still a haunting movie but right the the people who are being haunted are the ones who are dead and they don't realize it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I guess purgatory would be the way I would describe it. They're in this like suspended state where they can still interact with their environment, but it's not the, the real plane. It's like the ethereal plane, I guess. I mean, that's, interesting to an extent because you don't really to frame an entire movie around the characters being dead i mean yeah plenty of movies have done that right but um it's an interesting way of exploring that conceit because the movie doesn't let on too much it kind of trickles out to you in pieces and it kind of makes you question you know what's really happening in this house and I like the suspense aspect of the film, uh, but you know, as a spooky movie, there are certainly scenes that are effective. I was definitely a little creeped out a couple times, but it's a it's a very deliberately paced film, and maybe not uh, especially for modern audiences. Not that this movie is that old, but I mean, you know, even of its time, I, mean, I it's, think this movie was probably it's pretty slow. Twenty years old. It came mm-hmm. out in 2001. That's, that was not... I mean, that was a while ago. Yeah. But, but, I mean, even when I think of movies that came out around this time, right? Late late 90s, early 2000s. There aren't a ton of prominent, um, like, slow burn, like, atmospheric horror films. It was a lot of, like... Especially Saw. ghost films. Well, this a little. This was preceded Saw by a bit, but I was more so thinking like this came up around the same time as The Ring and The Grudge, which are much more jump scare focused. You know what I mean? And this is 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 a much more kind of classical, um, atmospheric film that kind of. Uh, emphasizes the dread when there's not really ever any kind of threat. Like, there's never really a scene where anyone's in any danger, really. You know, no. like, really. I mean, and and it and it, at the end, like, none of them are 
really in any danger, right? Like, right. it's just the tension building and the the threat of what's the the sounds of what could possibly be causing that and all that. But it is interesting that you compared it to like the grudge and stuff because I always think of those as like more like popcorn horror, at least the American versions mm-hmm. um, of like sort of popcorn horror where it's like it's like. The story doesn't necessarily always make 100% sense if you, like, plot it out. But the scares, I mean, you'll poop your pants. And then this <laughs> is more like a, like, really, like, slow and story-based and more focused on the characters and how they're interacting and all that. And, I don't know, did you guys, so you guys talked about how that you didn't think the kids were very good, but I thought Nicole Kidman was excellent in this. Oh yeah, for sure. She she was great. She's I, the I thought she was of the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely by far. <laughs> I mean, she there's not that many characters in the movie. Like she's doing, right. she carries this movie on her back. You know what I mean? <laughs> like right, like literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's maybe like six actors or so total, mm-hmm. maybe seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, six, six, and then more if you count the the alive people at the end. Which are, but they're only in one, two scenes. Total. Yeah, just just at the very right. end, I think. Yeah. And even then, there's only a like a handful of them. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's a movie that's pretty old fashioned at its core. You know, I mean, it's a it's a big spooky house. It's it's low light, natural light. Um, Lots it's, of fog. Yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> that fog was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely. Oh, and um, uh, speaking of fog, like when the dad shows back up, like that yeah. was an interesting element of the mystery that, that I thought was, was impressive. That was where I started getting like, what the what is? Because I thought, oh, they're in purgatory because she murders them before their first communion, so they can't go to heaven classic right she's doing all the jesus stuff classic jesus freak that's what happens right and then she killed herself which is you know also you can't go to heaven so you're in purgatory and then the other three and then they died in the house so their souls are stuck there okay this i all get this is where i was kind of going with it and then the 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 you know the um the gardener and um the nanny and the maid like they're all they died of TB, but I'm assuming if we're going with the same logic, maybe they weren't religious. Okay, so they're all stuck in purgatory. So they're good people, but, you know, didn't accept Jesus, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so so all of that, I was like, okay, that could kind of follow the same train of thought, right? We're going here, we're going here. And they died in the house. But then what? The, what's the deal with the dad? She just found him in the fog? Where and was then he? fucked him. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Did you see that body? Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, and he seemed confused too. And I was like, does he know he's dead? Does he know where he is? You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Annihilation. Oscar Isaac's character. Yeah. Just kind of, just the way oh that actor God. sells that performance and just kind of the yeah. circumstances. I was like, huh. It made me think of Annihilation. It's, it's basically just a wow. surface level <laughs> observation. No, no, no. But... but I like that a lot better now. Because I was honestly a little like, I didn't love that piece of the movie when the dad came back mm-hmm. and then left. It felt, 
I don't know, maybe cheaper or something. I mean, yeah, yeah, that that was that was an interesting element for sure. I don't know if I can really speak to exactly what they're going for there, but you know, we can have our theories. When he popped up, the only thing I could think of was Gone in 60 Seconds because he plays a very prominent role in that movie. Is that he the guy? Brother? He's the villain, Raymond Kalitri. Oh. <laughs> I have to rewatch that. A that movie is amazing. <laughs> it's like one of those just like trashy blockbusters that is. It's uh, like comfort food. It's good stuff. Free Fast and Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. A classic trashy blockbuster racing movie. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> also, it's, it it was um, interesting. Like, I, I wonder if that, like, visitation scene was, like, to help her move on. Because that kind of happens, like, right before the revelation that... Uh, that the house is occupied by living people, right? right. Like, so I, I wonder if that was because I think we're meant to assume that he just like died in the war, right? And he was just right. Maybe mm-hmm. came to to visit her to help her. Well, I ha- felt I like know. he was wandering in like the ether, and then she needed him, so she like grabbed him out of it or something weird. Right. I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. I had lots of thoughts and theories on this. But... <laughs> right. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> um, I guess. I don't know. Because that's what I mean. Because he died in the war. And if we're to believe that they are stuck in the house because that's where they died. First of all, are they the only six people that have ever died in that house? I doubt it. Did you see all those fucking photos of dead people? Okay. (laughs) And then, so it felt like, so that's why I felt like it felt like more like purgatory. Like not just you died in that house, but also you died in that house and you're not able to move like to heaven or hell or whatever. So that's why I was confused about like, if he died in the war and he was in France, like how was he all of a sudden at the house? Did it take right. him that long to wander back? And if so, <laughs> can they wander to France? <laughs> I don't These know. are the questions I need answered. We need world building. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. The ethereal plane. Anything goes. But, um, you know, I mean, ultimately, like, they kind of come to terms with their fate. And isn't there like a the movie ends with like a for sale sign or something in front of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess we're just meant to assume that they're gonna learn to coexist with any future tenants. I mean, it kind of seemed like that's what the elder, um, the nanny, was saying. Oh, but actually, I did want to ask. That brings up a great point. I'm sorry that I did want to ask you guys about. So the nanny and the younger gal and the gardener, they died of TB in 1891. Nicole Kidman and her children, they died uh, like during, you know, sometime 
pretty soon after or during theoretically right the second world war right, right. we don't know exactly but 40 sometime most likely right exactly yeah so like does that mean that the maid and the gardener and the nanny the mute. were yeah sorry yeah the girls mute and the nanny and the gardener does that mean that they were ghosty living there while Nicole Kidman and her family were alive living there? Um, I mean, presumably, I guess. But... 60 years before, right? Right. But maybe they just didn't, um, they didn't bother Nicole Kidman and her kids, you know, like maybe they were, they were there, but they didn't make themselves known type of thing and then they died and then that's kind of when they meet in this purgatory state or something okay that makes sense so you think yes they were there they just didn't interact with the the living world right like they didn't they didn't make their presence known because they knew they were dead and they had made peace with it so they were just chilling yeah, and I mean they the 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 lady makes a comment about how you know they love this house and they want to make sure it's well taken care of. So maybe it was just, you know, they wanted the tenants, you know, they wanted a family to live there and be happy. And then she fucking went crazy and smothered her kids and killed herself. Like, <laughs> and they're like, oh well, so much for that. But I don't know. Sounds picturesque to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, one one last note. Um, I, I do think it's really impressive that the movie is so effective at tension building without mm-hmm. jump scares, without uh, any horrific imagery, without anything grotesque. Like, this movie is rated fucking PG. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Well, I mean, the only even creepy visual thing that you see is the daughter when she's in her communion dress with the veil. And it's not even, like, grotesque. It's just that she looks like the old woman. Right. right. It, it, it's, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I hadn't thought about that. It's a, it, That's an unsettling image, and it does it without, I mean, it's it's just an old lady in a veil. You know what I mean? But, like, just because it had done such a good job of setting up the tone and the circumstances that kind of comes out of left field. Cause it's your first like really uh, explicit paranormal activity, you know, cause you don't, there's nothing, you don't see like doors opening. You don't like, you know, you see open doors, but you don't see like, Ooh, a ghost opening the door, you know? Well, there is one scene where she hears someone running in the attic, and she thinks it's the girl who can't speak. And then... um, Oh, she looks out the window? She looks outside, and the girl's outside. And that was one of the... Was another one where it was like, oh, there is something else. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, that's that's just oral, right? I mean, that's audio. That's that's an audio cue, and... I thought that that's it. I had forgotten about that scene. That seems super, super effective, too. Super effective, yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, I got nothing else on the others. Anything else you guys want to mention? Mm, no, I think we pretty much covered everything. I mm-hmm. have one more thing. Mm-hmm. Go 
for it. Um, Maybe not. I had to have, you know, my fun trivia fact in there. Oh, um, <laughs> I was waiting for so, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the disease that the children have, like the photosensitivity, is <clears throat> actually a real but very rare disease. And it's called Geroderma pigmentosum. And it's literally being allergic to Did you to just life. make that up? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a real thing. <laughs> I think there's there was some like old show on MTV where they like profiled people with like rare diseases like that. And I think they had someone who was allergic to sunlight. Or maybe it was like an A and E show. That sounds like more yeah. of like an A and E show, doesn't it? I mean I the know. symptoms that she described, I don't know that those are accurate. Like the blisters or whatever. Yeah, it's basically like you get severe sunburn after only a few minutes exposed to UV light, and then I had a skin pigments and changes. Like it's it's. I don't think you like blister and like your throat would close necessarily. Right. I had a music teacher who claimed she was allergic to the sun, and she would uh, (laughs) she would use an umbrella when she was outside and, uh, you know, courting everyone to the bus after school and everyone thought she was weird. <laughs> I had a coworker at QFC. I shouldn't have laughed. That um, was mean. But is that, was it real or was she just weird? Uh, well, I mean, you know, sixth grade Travis didn't believe that, but yeah, <laughs> it was probably a real thing. It's because that I was like, "Who's so allergic crazy. to the sun?" That's, like, that's, that's, that's being like, if you're allergic actually to water. allergic to it, then why are you outside? <laughs> you think this it, umbrella is really going to help you? Okay, yeah, I'm allergic to the sun. I'm allergic to water. I'm allergic to being <laughs> on the planet Earth. Like, what yeah, are you oxygen. Doing, <laughs> yeah, I'm allergic to oxygen. Like, what? Well, I I worked with a dude. Uh, at QFC uh, when I first moved to Seattle who his name was like Hank or something but he his chosen name the name he went by was Mecca and he was like the nerdiest fucking like weeb like I was gonna just say I already know strange... that was like a super fucking weeb like a, like a neck beard basement virgin incel like bad he was a weird guy, but he he claimed to be allergic to the sun too, and he would he had this like black umbrella that he would like use on a sunny day, and he was always wearing all black with these like super goth boots, you know those like uh, three inch thick on the bottom with the straps going up to the fucking kneecap, like those kind of goth, goth boots. Industrial, yeah. yeah, yeah. So a pair here's of those. the thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have it. I have a small issue with the black like the black clothing and the black umbrella because black absorbs the light white reflects it so wouldn't you want to be wearing white and have a white umbrella don't you know anything about vampire aesthetic paris (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying i'm saying if it's not for the aesthetic and if you really are allergic like wouldn't you wouldn't it be smarter to have white you're not hardcore if you're wearing all white i mean let's let's be real Mm -hmm. right it's about that lifestyle paris (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm i'm i don't know if i told you guys but i'm allergic to other people so please stay the fuck away from me (laughs) you make so much more sense now (laughs) oh no just kidding (laughs) 
Damn, I'm getting called out. <laughs> All right, you guys want to drop some star ratings on this and move on? Yeah. Sounds good. Fuck yeah. So uh, four stars for me on a rewatch. Giving it a three. And I am classically right in the middle of both of you two with a three and a half stars. (laughs) (laughs) Travis, I did see your original review. You gave it two stars and you said like, I think your review was, I think I missed something or something like that. (laughs) I thought that was, I thought that was after watching this time. And so I was like very surprised. Oh, I think the thought behind that, cryptic review was that <laughs> it was up to the regarded uh, yeah it was regarded as a great movie and mm-hmm. i watched it and didn't feel the same way. <laughs> that's fair yeah. yeah it does look like uh open your eyes is on amazon prime though i've been wanting to check that oh. out oh it is time. oh my god i've been dying for a rewatch especially Wait, we watch yeah that i know matt for... loves it we should watch it for the pod because i also want to watch it it's not a horror movie oh yeah, no? that's, a, that's a sci-fi movie. <laughs> oh, it's open your eyes. Sounds like a spooky movie. Nah, it's not. It's it's really fucking good. But fair enough. I'll still watch it. Whenever we start the sci-fi <laughs> digest, we can uh, <laughs> we can cover it oh there. My God. Inaugural Actually, episode. Can I tell you guys something? I was gonna tell you off air, but I feel like on air is fine too. Um, <laughs> so a uh, friend of mine, Helen, friend of the show, mm-hmm. um, she suggested that we do a thanksgiving episode called the cinephiles pie jest and <laughs> what is like that entail? a pumpkin pie and then we watch like thanksgiving movies i don't know um well stay tuned for my picks for the next <laughs> episode mean... i don't mean to get ahead of myself but stay oh, tuned God. for the big reveal <laughs> thanks killing helen might be on to something horror. <laughs> Um, oh wait, God. did you say thanks killing Travis? Yeah. God, you son of a bitch. We're going to oh, circle back to so this. Good. Oh my God. <laughs> Always stealing my thunder. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks killing pie, Jess. All right. Actually, okay. I'm thinking of what is the short that, uh, Eli Roth directed for, uh, Barf. Planet Terror and, um, Death Proof. Oh, he, did he do the short? And uh, he did Grand the House? Thanksgiving one. Like, I forget what it's called though. For some reason, I thought it was Thanks Killing, but that's an actual movie. Yeah. Matt, I stole your thunder, and I didn't even mean to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I right. I think it's just called Thanksgiving. I think you might be right, but what a what a boring title. Yeah, no, come on. Have some originality. Oh, wait, it's Eli Roth. Not possible. Oh, <laughs> 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 um. Okay, cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Marrowbone. So this was Travis's second pick. And uh, first watch for both of you. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, before we start, let me uh, read the plot synopsis. A young man and his three younger siblings who have kept secret the death of their beloved mother in order to remain together are plagued by a sinister presence in the sprawling manner in which they live. Film was written and directed by Sergio G. Sanchez. Stars George McKay, Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Heaton, and Mia Goth. Who's going first on this one? I'm not doing you guys a favor this time. Someone else go first. Um, I can go first since it's my pick. So I'm very curious to hear why Matt loves this movie so much. 
Um, I will say it is... No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I thought it was very solid. Um, I liked it more than the others. Uh, Not by a long margin, but if you uh, had a gun to my head, I would pick this one. Um, I yeah for like I've said before like I don't really love the ghost genre and kind of feel like they're similar. Um, well, with just the the twists and all that. Um, but yeah, this had a good cast and none of them were like really huge stars. But if you watch enough movies, you've seen these faces before. Um, so it was kind of cool to see all of them in it. And, um, I wouldn't say it's super original, but I thought it was well-made and I kind of liked how the movie ended on a happy note to a degree. Uh, cause typically horror movies don't end in happy endings. Not like a, you know, like a uplifting kind of, I don't know how to define it, but no horror movies usually end and you're like they're like setting you up almost for like a sequel they're like this dude's still out there you should be definitely scared yeah Yeah, it was kind of a sweet ending which you don't really get with horror movies it is yeah but it's kind of i don't know it it is but it's also kind of kind of a twisted fucked up ending (laughs) at the same time you know like (laughs) i was i was I was not sure. So I wasn't sure with the ending where she's like talking to the therapist and she's like, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have his, you know, like split person. Like he doesn't have his multiple personalities or like he's got under control. He hasn't been having those issues. And then he definitely did. And she knew. And I was like, I don't know if that is good or bad. Like, it was yeah. sweet, but, like, sweet within the universe of the movie. In real life, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Like, I mean, we're we're starting with the end of the fucking movie, but, like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> she basically, uh, rather than give him the medication and he actually get better, she chooses to, like, indulge his fantasy you know that his siblings are still with him essentially right but it's like in service of his like happiness yeah i don't know if you would say well-being but it's it's in service of him right and that's where i found a weird where i was like like when she when she first realizes that he he's having that his family is dead and he's having multiple personalities as his family when she first realizes it she treats him so sweetly so kindly and thoughtfully she addresses him as like his sister and then his brother like the way she treats him was so kind and thoughtful which i feel like is the best way to handle something like that right Mm -hmm. but then her it almost like turns that and was like, well, she's still being sweet and thoughtful by allowing him to continue to like, quote, see his siblings. But 
is that but that feels like bad i i don't know i was mixed on that don't get me wrong i love this movie but the ending made me feel weird <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's kind of the point like i don't i don't think you're supposed to feel like comfy with that ending you know you're not supposed to be like oh they lived happily ever after you know it it's was, like a... it was sweet but fucked up yeah oh for sure yeah um, well what's the alternative he kills himself no he <laughs> takes his oh pills God, like a good Travis, boy <laughs> Jesus. What the fuck? <laughs> Travis is like, okay, so if you have mental health issues, there's one option. <laughs> just, just let the dude live his, Jesus. you know, fantasy. <laughs> He's not hurting anyone. Oh, I was, I was gonna say, I, he does, but he no, he doesn't. I was thinking about. Um, <laughs> so no, and that's and that's mm. the thing. The movie, the movie, sets it up as this is sweet of her to help him continue to see his family and part of me is like within the movie universe yes that's true but in real life no don't do that that's bad see i don't necessarily think the movie was like picking a side like i don't think we were meant to believe that that was like the the virtuistic like right thing to do and it was a happy ending i think you're supposed to be like conflicted because they they love each other and you know it's supposed to be like it's fucked up that she's willing to do this for love like i don't think i think you're supposed to think it's fucked up like the doctor even makes a comment about how she could live like a much better life without jack and she, I can't remember her response to him saying that, but like, I th I re more so read that as what she is willing to do for love and for for right. him. It, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe you're like reading it more romantically than I am, or something. But I, <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't leave with the impression that it was a happy ending. I think that it's a pretty fucked up ending, actually. I'm that is sweet movie, to an extent. The whole in the movie in has a movie world, <laughs> right? The whole movie has the vibe of sweet yet fucked up. So maybe it's just kind of continued that theme to its logical conclusion, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the a big part of the movie is about being nurturing in nature like the relationship that the the, the siblings right. have with one another and each sibling kind of adopts their role like billy is like the brooding like you know tough guy who is really a little bitch and oh, he looks and weird <laughs> billy is so i was wondering throughout most of the movie and i didn't i didn't guess the twist before it happened but I was wondering throughout the movie, I was like, Billy is always wearing overalls or, you know, as Matt would call them, trousers. Trousers. <laughs> <laughs> but I was constantly like, I was like, this dude is never not in overalls. He a fucking farmer. And then at the end, when I realized I was like, oh, they've all been like wearing the same clothes. 
the whole time because they're not real. Mm -hmm. That made a lot more sense. I was like, oh, okay. But I love how I only noticed him. I was like, this dude's always in overalls. Be wild. <laughs> and then the other two, I was like, normal clothes. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I mean, so I will say it went down a tiny bit on a rewatch because I fucking, this movie made my top 10 the year it came out. I don't know. I don't think it necessarily made the list because I watched it like right after we recorded the episode, but it would have been in my top 10 that year. Um, and I just love, I think it's a beautiful film. Like I think it looks great. Yeah. Like visually, I think it looks fantastic, especially for a movie like this. I think the, cinematography is awesome. The cinematography is great. The relationship building is really sweet. And it has that vibe of... Have you guys seen... Um, excuse me. Um, About Time? With uh, uh, Dom Noel Gleason? Yes. Yeah, I've seen and that movie. And what's her face? Rachel, uh, Rachel McAdams. McAdams. Yes, thank you. Um, I kind of had similar vibes with it except obviously this is this is more on the horror spectrum and that's more on like the you know fantasy or sci-fi spectrum if you're talking about like the other side of it but i felt similar vibes where it's almost like they create this wonderful universe where you're almost like it almost feels like a book where you're entranced and you're so engaged in the loveliness of it and just the beauty of it that you almost don't even realize what else is going on. Yeah. This... yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's <clears throat> interesting. It's very much a slow burn type of film, but I do think it's pretty scary. I mean, did you guys find this movie scary? I think it was decently scary in a few places. Mm, it was maybe slightly scarier than the others, but still not that scary. Fair. So, <laughs> I I found it scary in some parts, like when the not actually dead dad. Any time that the quote unquote ghost comes out, or like he's he's scuttling through and like Jack sees him in the holes in the wall, mm -hmm. or like grabbing the raccoon, like that shit freaked me the fuck out i was like i don't know if this is a ghost or if this is really him either way i was shook it i was like there's a <laughs> man crawling inside your walls that is so like it's so creepy and gross but almost i was more scared by the by the parts that were more like horror based because the rest of it was so not that it was so sweet and romantic even and i'm saying romantic like i don't mean love romantic necessarily but even the scenes with the um with the siblings it was very like of of that romance style where it's just really nice and they all care for each other and they love each other so much and so i think that the scenes that were scary were more effective it really like cut through all that mm -hmm. you're like oh yeah this movie is a it's a horror movie right 
Yeah, totally. I think that that's part of what makes those scenes of tension so effective. And like, I like the mirror stuff too. I mean, it's it throughout the movie, you don't really know what's going on with the mirror thing. Right. You're like, what the fuck? Especially when they're like, Oh, we just made up the ghost. So we wouldn't scare the youngest one. I forget. I forget which Billy is the, it's the baby or stranger things, stranger things, boy. Okay. So Billy is trousers. And what is the baby? (laughs) Sam. Sam. Okay. So like I, it was interesting when they were like, we just made up the ghost for Sam. I was like, then why wear all the mirrors? And I, I thought that was really interesting when you find out why all the mirrors were taken down. I thought that was really effective as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. But uh, there's also that scene. One of the best uh, like uh, tension building moments is uh, when they're playing Risk and he he the, he has to go get the the dice, you know. He like walks out there yeah. and it's like dreadfully slow. Like he takes forever to walk out there and it's dark, and the camera cuts to the mirror and you're like, what the fuck is going on with this mirror? Why am I so scared of this just, mirror? Okay. In that part, did you guys see the mirror move or did I just? It looks like the mirror moved like warped a little bit and I wasn't sure if that was just the lighting or if that was supposed to be what we were see you know what I mean like did you guys see that too I don't mm, remember it moving cannot confirm it, or deny that okay <laughs> it might have just been the lighting and I wasn't sure I was looking at it and I was like it felt like the mirror warped and then it didn't happen again in the in the movie I was like maybe I missed all that so mm-hmm. um so, uh, since we've already, you know, gotten plenty into spoilers, um, similar to the others in the reveal department, right? Because, I mean, Jack <laughs> is the only one who is alive. Like, I thought that the way that that reveal took place was very well done. Just the way it cut back and forth between... The present yes. day of Anya Taylor Joy, like going up there, and uh, that other guy, like the uh, the banker guy, went up there, and like mm-hmm. it cutting back I, and I forth. Talk about and... a stereotype. <laughs> what that guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, when she goes up there and he's just like fucking stabbed in the neck, blood everywhere. I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah. But that scene, because the movie opens. I'm pretty sure with uh, the dad, you don't know he's the dad at the time, but like the bullet hole, right? Come through the window and you see Mm -hmm. the guy standing out there. Like so good. After there, that's like at the end of them moving there, right? Yeah, it was like, that was the, it was the end of the opening sequence because right after that is when we see the title. Like it says Marrowbone. The title, though, I wanna I, I did I thought that was interesting because it wasn't there was there was quite a few scenes before the titles there. It took a while to get there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was almost like I don't know, I really like that because it was almost like you were just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then that happens and then everything seems fine and you're like 
okay. <laughs> like what are we what are we doing here now then? Yeah. Yeah. So I love the way that final sequence, like the climax of the film played out. But what didn't hold up for me as well this time and kind of the, one of the few um, things I found kind of hokey was the fact that the dad was actually up there surviving that whole time. You know what I mean? Like that just seemed a little on a rewatch. I was like, yeah, that's kind of silly. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but didn't really bother me at all on the first watch. But this time I was like, I don't know. It, it played a little goofier to me. Where'd you yeah, guys? I don't know. That? I always kind of suspend my disbelief when watching movies like this within the genre. Um, but I could see what you're saying. He just, how could he get enough food up there? Like how many fucking raccoons or gotta, squirrels had to throw logic out the window? <laughs> I mean, you do, I mean, you do. Was, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this a lot because I actually really loved that. You think the dad is a ghost, right? You think the ghost, you, I, I mean, pretty immediately I thought the ghost, I was like, Oh, it's the dad haunting them and they killed right. him or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then when you see the ghost, even then I thought, oh, it's a ghost. And then when you realize he's actually alive, I love that. And then when you realize that's not the actual twist, even better. So I think maybe on a first watch, I didn't think so hard about it. But Kurt, I felt like th- thought a little harder about it than I did. And he was like trying to figure out he was like well it's been six months and he is very skinny mm-hmm. and he's been they said he's been collecting rainwater and you can go a long time without food so and there definitely were raccoons living in there long enough that were like fat and stuff so he was like you could probably live in there for six months you know like he was thinking through it more than i was and even he was like that seems reasonable so i don't know yeah but i mean he could he could escape like i know they bricked up the the door but like he could just bash his way out over time or something you know like it's these aren't thoughts i was having as i was watching it (laughs) these were i was just thinking like i don't just something about that idea i I think is you it's clever like unexpected but i don't know there's something about them walling in their dad in the in the attic and he just finds a way to survive the whole time like I don't know. I don't dislike it, but it, it played a little bit goofy this time well, around. Well, I think I think the the only part where I was having a hard time suspending my disbelief was like how if the dad was strong enough to kill the siblings, right? Theoretically, like he's wounded when he gets to the house, but he's strong enough to kill the siblings. How did jack have enough time to brick him in there right that i'm just opening the door that i think was the only part where i was like that doesn't quite make sense and i thought well maybe and i kind of could explain it away i was like well he was wounded maybe like he like unconscious or something strength yeah he was unconscious or he didn't have the strength to break through the door but that wasn't explained, and I kind of had to fill in the blanks. And so that was the only thing where I was a little like, mm, that feels like that wouldn't actually be able to happen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but also, I mean, I think what makes this movie so effective is the stuff early on in the movie, like before we even know what's happening. Cause like the main through line of the movie before the twist is them trying to keep the family together. Like you have the right. tension of the dude coming by and they like have the lemonade as the backup plan. And he like, they try to get the mom to, or, you know, the sister to sign, like she's the mom, like that stuff is super effective. And that's before we even right. know, like I was invested in the story of this family. Like I'm on IMDb and uh, apparently the tagline of this movie um IMDb just fucking killed itself. Hang on, where to go? <laughs> uh where that fucking tagline go? Oh my god, there goes all the ste- all the fucking air just <laughs> got let out of this balloon. Jesus. Oh, here we go. Okay. The the tagline is no one will ever separate us. Like, I love that. I think that's perfect. And it's like, you know, it it, it packs a punch because that's essentially what the movie is about. Even the very ending. I mean, no one will ever separate us. Anya Taylor-Joy's character makes the decision to play along with the fantasy for the sake of keeping the family together. Like, I don't know. That is the heroine of the movie. But that stuff I thought, even the tension moments throughout the film of them just like, how the fuck are they going to pull this off? I thought was was effective. I was I was just invested in the in the story. I think is why I like the movie so much. Why it was so yeah. effective for me. Yeah, and I also think it deserves just like a little more credit. I mean, not that it's really fair to other movies, but like this didn't really get any sort of release. It doesn't really have like a high profile to it, and it's definitely like deserves to be seen. So, like I can. I can get behind like champion this movie more just to like get exposure to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because most people probably haven't even heard of it. So I don't even remember how it popped up onto my radar, but like nobody ever talks about this movie and I don't, I think there's, there are some people it's well regarded in some camps, but like even on letterbox, like I don't, I don't remember like the average score is like 3.2 or something. Right, which that's not. I think it's that's rotten, not amazing. No, tomatoes. Yeah, three point three average. Yeah, forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think that's just. That's that's interesting. That's that, really low. That's interesting though, right? Like I don't, I haven't really read too much into the, um, uh, like what exactly the uh, takeaways are as far as the consensus it, is. Marrowbone's effective setting and strong cast can't make up for thinly conceived characters and a story short on genuine scares, which I can kind of agree with to an extent, but I think that's a bit harsh as like I agree a, with maybe the an scares? overarching statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I think maybe the scares part, but the characters are very well built, I felt, except for actually I wanted to ask you guys about this. Excuse me. Um, Anna Taylor Joy's character of Atlee. So she is she supposed to have her own farm? How old is she supposed to be? Like she was the only character that I was like, what is? I don't feel like she was developed very well, and I had lots of questions about her. Yeah, they they could have done a little bit more to provide some context for her character. I think I'm assuming it's like her family's farm because she works in the library. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So I think it's her family's farm. But we don't ever see her family. They only call it Allie's farm. We only see her in relation to Jack. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting because, like, we get such character development on, on all of the siblings. And even the lawyer. But not on Allie. She's almost just like a figure to be the love interest. Mm-hmm. Which didn't diminish how much I liked the movie, but did I was a little like, why? Are we, what? What's going on with Allie? Like, why are we not? Yeah, I think they're Allie probably just family? trying to keep the focus on the family and right. Jack himself. Because if they would have opened up her and the family, that would have probably added another. 10 minutes or so on the movie and I imagine this movie didn't have a huge budget so that probably played a factor as well but yeah I could see what you mean mm-hmm. yeah cool okay what are, what anything else any other thoughts on uh, on Maribel this is um, directed by your boy Matt the guy who re- uh, wrote the orphanage yeah did dude. you make that connection El Orfanato <laughs> 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 he also wrote the impossible yeah with uh did that, you ever watch that yeah that's the one with uh uh ewan and uh naomi watts right mm-hmm. some people shit on that movie the i thought it was very great. polarizing yeah i liked it a lot i mean it's kind of like torture porn to a degree where like you're basically just like dragged through this shitty ass situation for the longest time with this family and then you know, there's some relief at the end, and I think some people felt manipulated by that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was effective. Yeah, I would agree. I haven't seen it since it came out. Like, I saw that movie. I was working uh, for a Regal at the time, so I saw it in a theater the year it came out. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was excellent. This is his first. This is his directorial debut, I think, at least from what I was looking at earlier. Um. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like his first, his first feature. Anyway. There's a couple shorts, and then there's some sort of, I don't know. There's this movie called The Pianist's Hands from 2008. I don't know if you'd count that. Though. The Penis oh, Hands. Sorry, The Penis Hands. <laughs> no, the Pianist. <laughs> oh, Las Manos del Pianista. The penis, uh, the penis, the La penis manos, hands. Only two La members have uh, penis, of rated it on Letterboxd, so I don't know if that really counts as a movie. Only 15 <laughs> logs on uh, IMDb. Looks like that was wow. a TV movie, so maybe may, it must have come out like only in Spain or something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah I, not bad for a first feature then. Yeah, it's, it's very I mean, um, assured. It doesn't feel like a first feature. I think uh, he's very uh, patient behind the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, wanted to mention a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, Got some trivia. That we actually didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, I thought, I had a theory throughout the movie that I thought Sam, the baby, was Jane's son. And that was compounded when I when they read the news article, or uh, we were shown the news article that that showed that their father had also oh abused, abused her, 
the daughter and they call it out specifically that made me felt like abuse met mol molestation which made me think like maybe sam was her child the movie just got a bit darker <laughs> right well because the mom also says like jane will be sam's mother as it was intended something very very similar to that if not that exactly I thought that was kind of odd. I mean, I mean, I get it that like she's the female in the family, so like you know, traditional roles or whatever that she would be kind of his mom. Mm -hmm. But like, why wouldn't she be like you all need to take care of him, and why would she be like specifically Jane will be his mother, as it was intended? Like it was a very weird thing to say, and I thought, oh, I feel like maybe she's his mom. That's interesting that, I mean, I guess, I guess that's possible. I mean, how, how old would you peg Sam as being like five, six, or is he older than I think he is? I suck at kids. I, I thought he was probably about around that, that age. Range. Yeah. I suppose it's possible. She would have had to have been pretty young because she, Jack is the oldest He's, and he's 20. 21. Right. And then is Billy the second oldest or or is Jane? I, I guess it's never made explicitly clear, right? I don't think that the movie is explicit about any of it. I assumed Billy was older, but honestly, it, they could have even been the exact like they could have been fraternal twins. Like I the, the movie does not is not clear with that. Mhm. Mm um, yeah, I guess it's never made explicitly clear, but that, that's an interesting take. That's, that's certainly, a adds a layer of, uh, EU <laughs> to the movie, right? right? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, I guess I was just thinking about it and like, why would they specifically mention that the dad abused her? None of the other siblings. Well, not, not only that, but, um, you just reminded me there's another comment she makes where she's like, Jack has Allie. I have Sam. Billy doesn't right. have anybody, you know, right. her saying I have Sam. I right. mean, y you could read it as her just being like, you know, I, I'm the motherly I'm figure in his life. Right. I'm taking care of him. But well, she's the I don't only know. female in the family. Yeah. We'll survive. Right. We'll and that's why survive. when the mom says it, it's, and that's why I feel like the whole thing is very like left to, up to the interpretation of the viewer. Like when the mom says it, you think, oh, maybe it's just because, you know, standard like matriarchal roles. She's the woman in the family. So she now needs to be his mom because he needs a mom for that, you know, that time or whatever. Mm hmm. But even more so, like, there's there's a couple things that almost, like, feel like we're meant to think that maybe she could be his actual mom. Yeah. That's certainly... That's interesting. I, I, I kind of like that. You're going to have to reading. watch it again, Matt. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also an interesting dynamic... That I don't really know if it's just in there to kind of mislead the audience, but there's this whole blood money thing where they tap into the money and this is And it's like it's cursed. Yeah. This is still when you think it may be something 
paranormal, but I guess I guess they're just speaking as his conscious, right? Like, Jack, you shouldn't use this money, and it's manifesting as his siblings. Like, I guess that's how you would read it once you know the twist, but they make it seem like the quote-unquote paranormal activity is linked to the money box, you know? But how would he know that they tapped into his money i guess he can hear them in the attic i don't i don't know i didn't think that the dad knew like i i didn't i didn't think he knew in real life i think that was jack feeling guilty about about using money from this horrible person that he wants nothing to do with you know i think that was more like you said like his conscience in the form of his siblings to be like we shouldn't do this because morally that's not the right thing to do mm-hmm. i don't feel like there was anything that led us to believe that the dad knew that he was using his money because like how the money was so far away from the house i mean unless i mean jack is talking aloud even as the siblings so maybe he overheard the conversation Right. But but also like when they put the money back, they put it at the bottom of the chimney where the dad is. And then there's that like fucking yeah, like, Mission Impossible also... scene where he like repels down the fucking chimney. Was... <laughs> okay, that was also weird. They were like, we have to put the money back. And I was like, okay. And then I thought they were going to go to that like cliff. That like watery, cliffy, rocky area yeah, where he got the money from, and I was like, "Why are you dropping into a chimney? Like, what is happening right now?" And it, like, I guess it makes sense because they were giving the money back to him, like keep your blood money type of thing. But then yeah. when they go back to get it, and it's like, "Why would you? You know he's alive. Like, why would I you mean, fucking?" Really, I think it was. I think it was that they didn't know. They didn't know he was alive. If he was alive or not, yeah. You know, I think it was... I mean, okay. So if you think about it this way, and this is kind of how I thought about it, like, Jack is all of the siblings, right? So in every scene where we see one of the siblings getting freaked out by something that dad's doing, that's Jack. However, obviously, we also know that Jack has some mental health issues. He is having, you know, multiple personalities with his siblings coming out. So I feel like it's Jack not being able to to tell if that's real or not. Is this reality or is this my mind? Right. And it's also, I mean, he clearly doesn't have a grasp on reality. So in in his fantasy world, like, that's the ghost. Like, just chalk it up to being dad's ghost. And you don't have to confront the fact that he's just fucking vibing up there just munching on raccoons <laughs> just <laughs> just Straight chilling vibing, yo. <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh anything else paris uh, you said you had a couple points you wanted to bring up was there another one yeah and i think i i just really have one quick uh tri- trivia fun fact mm. um the house that the um uh, movie was shot in most of it takes place in um, already existed as is, and they did uh, very little to change the layout of the house. They just kind of um, set it up for filming and filmed there as is. And so all the creepy, weird, like 
the staircase going from like the bottom part of the house up where it has no railing and all those creepy like interesting things about the house already existed and it was an abandoned house that they took over for filming man i hope that scout got fucking paid killer fine <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that definitely the house almost feels like a character in this movie, like kind of similar to the others. You know what I mean? It's got like a very lived in kind yeah. of vibe to the, the the location. It doesn't feel like a like a fabricated, like artificial set. You know what I mean? Like it feels like there's a history there and that that kind of bleeds into the, the mythology of the, the movies themselves. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Anything else on Marrowbone before we drop star ratings? I'm good. Cool. All right. Well, it was, uh, I don't know. I was going to go four and a half, but I don't, I've changed my mind. I don't think I'm going to downgrade it after that conversation. It's a five banger. Stay true to your star rating. I fucking love Marrowbone. <laughs> <laughs> dad seemed a little goofy, but I don't know. After we talked about the dad, I love dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll give it four stars. I also gave it a big old five banger. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. And for all the nitpicky stuff I said, like, it didn't take anything away from, I think, the quality of the movie and my enjoyment of it. Hell yeah. Glad you liked it. Good job, Travis. Yeah, good pick. Thanks. <laughs> and it's free no. <laughs> streaming on Hulu, so like that was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we uh, wrap it up, um, time to reveal the picks for the next double feature. Travis already stole my thunder a little bit, but uh, <laughs> with uh, Thanksgiving coming up in uh, like a week and a half, I figure why not do a Thanksgiving horror movie double feature? So we're going to be watching Thanksgiving, which is about a possessed turkey that uh, stalks uh, college kids uh, over Thanksgiving break. Yep, (laughs) it is sixty-one minutes long, and it is huge fan. It's on uh, (laughs) it's on Amazon Prime. So for those listening who want to follow along, uh, you can watch it. I have not seen it. I'm assuming neither of you have seen Thanksgiving either. Have not. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, thanks, Killing. A, a brisk 61 minutes. And uh, the other, as you can imagine, not a ton of options for, <laughs> for Thanksgiving horror movies. But uh, Hulu was doing that uh, Into the Dark series where they were doing like mm-hmm. a, a movie a month based on a holiday. Oh. And there's a Thanksgiving one called Pilgrim. So, I don't know a ton about it, but. It's part of that Hulu Into the Dark series, so I figure, you know, we've been dropping some some money on renting this stuff, so I was like, oh, you know, too much money. <laughs> let's celebrate the holiday and save our wallets a little bit of, um, you know, you can spend that extra money on fucking Black Friday deal or something, but uh, easy to stream, so you can get Hulu. Follow along, watch on Hulu, watch on Amazon Prime. Uh, don't know when we'll record. Um, Because Thanksgiving is, what, like 10 days from now or something like that? Right? Yeah, 10 days from now. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll put it out uh, that weekend or something. But 
Will this be your first um, Hulu Into the Dark horror film? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen any of those. I watched one. I forget what it was called. Was it Puka? Yes, that one. People, some people the, like Puka. It was all right. Um, but I think the consensus for most of these is that they're not that great. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple that people enjoy, but... Anyway, who knows if it'll be good, but they're easy to watch. So, Tis the season. I'm, so I'm hearing we should expect some top quality. For thanks, <laughs> thanks killing for sure. You Just look at the poster for that movie. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it says on the poster, gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. So perfect. I'm going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, okay. Well, that's going to do it for episode six of the digest. We will be back with some uh some turkey spooky turkey stuff so (laughs) stay tuned uh everybody stay safe out there and it's it's scary out there with election stuff and covid peaking i hope everybody listening is staying safe wear your fucking mask you dumb bitch ass pieces of shit wear your fucking (laughs) masks so that we can get back to some sort of some sort of normalcy Cool. Stay spooky.